A word for today, Lions Down's daily podcast to help you abide in Jesus by seeing to it that his word abides in you. Nothing could matter more. This isn't to replace your personal Bible reading and prayer, but rather encourage and help you in it. With our world in the shape that it is, this is a great opportunity, isn't it, to be looking at the true meaning of Christmas. In situations where the oft-practiced meaning and understanding of Christmas has been taken away from us, what an opportunity this is to look again at the topic of Christmas and see what it really means. It's Tuesday the 22nd of December, and that is what we are doing. We saw yesterday that uh, from our reading in Matthew uh, chapter 1, that at the heart of the mission of the person of Jesus was actually what his name means, which is the Lord saves. That's what Jesus means. And we were told that the angel uh, informed Joseph in a dream that his mission was this. He will save his people from their sins. We're going to consider now that second part, uh, what are the sins from which Jesus saves his people. And so we're going to read now Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. The context is the creation has happened. There is no uh, sin in the world. There is no suffering. There is no disorder. There is no sickness. There is no death. Those whom God has created in his own image, Adam and Eve, are immortals in perfect fellowship with God. It's the kind of world that we would love to live in, that we feel God owes us. But Genesis chapter 3 chronicles what is commonly known as the fall, and it explains what went wrong. Now, this chapter is one of the most important chapters in the Bible because it links the perfect world of Genesis 2, the world we would all love to live in, with the world with which we are so sadly familiar, the world of Genesis chapter 4, the world of murder and death and alienation and pain. So let's now make a start. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Now that's a very significant moment in the history of our world. You see, the serpent is being used by Satan. This is where Satan first appears on the scene. And uh, it's very interesting to note in passing his tactics. The first thing he does is not to deny the existence of God. What uh, uh, credulous skeptics are uh, the atheists who deny the existence of God? Satan is certainly not an atheist. But what he does is put a question mark over the meaning of God's word, the interpretation of God's word. 
He doesn't say God hasn't spoken or his word isn't true. He just asks the woman. He says, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? So having thereby opened up a subject where God's word is being questioned, and that is always the approach of liberalism, um, which uh, sits um, at the heart of much that passes for theology, uh, the woman recites, but actually not very well, the commands that Adam had passed on to her. In the previous chapter, in uh, chapter 2 of Genesis, verse 16, we're told the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree in the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. So the woman um, uh, explains that that was the instruction from God, but she adds a, a few embellishments about uh, we should not uh, uh, touch uh, the tree. And how does the serpent respond? Well, in verse 4, he tells a direct lie. He says, you will not surely die. That is why Jesus referred to Satan uh, as the father of lies. Here is the prototype lie being told in this perfect creation. Verse 5. He then uh, accuses God of being jealous, of not wanting um, the good of his creatures. And of course that is the great root that uh, liberalism always takes and that the world always takes. It portrays God as a spoil sport, as somebody who is uh, trying to stop people enjoy themselves, and that the only true satisfaction to be found in life is circumventing God, is living outside the rule of God. And we're told that the woman, in verse 6, looks at the tree, at the creation, which the Creator has forbidden her to eat from, and we're told that it was a delight to the eyes, that's picturing all the aesthetic beauty of creation, uh, we're told that it was desired to make one wise. There is all the intellectual attraction of the things of the mind. And uh, it was uh, good for food as well. That was um, picturing the uh, sensual desires that exist in our world. It's just a picture of all the things that creation offers. So epitomized in that tree as Eve looked at it and as she decided to eat it. And so she took some of its fruit and ate, and she gave it to her cowardly husband, Adam, who was with her, and should certainly have intervened and uh, stepped in and taken the lead and stopped this happening, and he is complicit in her rebellion against God. And from that moment, they die. That is to say, they die spiritually. They lose their immortality, and death enters the world, along with sin, suffering, pain, disorder. The world that we know and that the rest of the Bible speaks about. And so, what we see here is the true nature of sin. It's very important that we should understand that. And uh, we will come back to that tomorrow, because if we don't understand what sin is, we cannot possibly understand the true meaning of Christmas, which is that Jesus will save his people from their sins. We'll return to this tomorrow. Loving Heavenly Father, please help us to understand what sin really is. Please give us minds that are uh, brought to life, hearts that are turned from stone to flesh to receive 
what you would teach us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. A word for today, helping you abide in Jesus by seeing to it that his word abides in you. This podcast was brought to you by Lionsdown at lionsdown.org.